good news. Does anybody want any good news tonight? Amen. I've got good news. If you recall this morning, we prayed over those bags. They were practically all the way across this whole room, 500 strong. We went this afternoon and met the principal of Highview uh, over here in Middletown, met the principal, and they were smiling ear to ear, her and her husband, and we went. The bags that you all filled, the ones that we prayed over, we went room by room and put a bag us literally on each desk through that entire school and it was wonderful it's it's just amazing it's just amazing that we can do something and put our heart into it and believe that God's blessed it and take that and put that in our local school it was just absolutely wonderful the principal took our picture and she invited us she said now come back Tuesday night because that's the open house night they even gave us the opportunity to have a table and be able to, you know, talk about our church and stuff. So it's just a wonderful door that's open for us, and it's all God, and it's just beautiful and wonderful, and I knew you would want to hear that, and it's just a, a beautiful, wonderful testimony of God's faithfulness and His work in our church, and it's just wonderful. With that being said, we're back to have another awesome service. I know this morning was just phenomenal. We're back to be in God's presence again and get the Word of God, and it's going to be a wonderful time. So let's get out. Let's welcome each other to church tonight, and let's celebrate. Yeah, it's 
of Jesus. How it sets me free gives me liberty. Takes me to a higher place. There's amazing grace. Takes me to a higher place. I can see his face. Well, it's a sweet, 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 sweet presence of Jesus. Yeah, how it soothes my soul, how it makes me whole. Yeah, it's a sweet, 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 sweet presence of Jesus. How it sets me free, gives me liberty.
praise you, Lord. Man of sorrow, Lamb of God, by his own betrayed. Sin of man and wrath of God has been on Jesus'
Yad in your presence. We thank you for you giving your only begotten son. Oh Lord, we thank you that we serve a risen God and a risen King. We glorify you, Lord. Jesus be the center of it all. <laughs> That's what we want. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus be center of my life Jesus be the center of my life from beginning to the end it will always be it's always been you Jesus Jesus nothing else matters nothing
How many of you have a member of the family or a friend or a loved one who's gone to church all their life? They know the Bible, but they just haven't made that 
final step and accepted Jesus as Lord of their life. They always had some little doubt. There was one that walked with Jesus. We call him Doubting Thomas. He knew the Lord, but he, he said, I won't believe until I see his nail-scarred hands and the place in his side. But when he saw Jesus, he fell to his knees and said, for the first time proclaimed by mankind, my Lord and my God. And Thomas never doubted again. Seems there's one in every crowd Living in a cloud of doubt They say they won't believe Until the day they see it themselves Such was a man named Thomas Though he was walking side by side with Jesus Saw every miracle still he never thought he was real then came the day of crucifixion and the wonder of the resurrection in the upper room Jesus showed his hands and his side he motioned brother Thomas over said your days of doubt are over now he'll never forget the day the Lord came and opened his eyes. Thomas never doubted again. Thomas never doubted again. Once he seen the glory, he left to tell the story, singing, I have touched the risen land. A witness of wonder and grace. I love to see the look on his face He saw the truth and found it He saw no way around it Thomas never doubted again We all have walked the road of heartache That led us down the path of doubting Just when we think we'll be strong We lose our faith Well, if Thomas were to stand before us, I'm sure he'd testify for Jesus and say, I had to see to believe. Please don't make that mistake. Thomas never doubted again. Thomas never doubted again. Once he seen the glory, he left to tell the story, singing, I have touched the risen land. A witness of wonder and grace. I love to see the look on his face. He saw the truth and found it. He saw no way around it. Thomas never doubted again. Thomas 
never doubted again. Thomas never doubted again. Once he seen the glory, he left to tell the story, singing, I have touched the risen Lamb. A witness of wonder and grace. I love to see the look on his face. He saw the truth and found it. He saw the way around it. Thomas never doubted again. He saw the truth and found it. He saw the way around it. Thomas never doubted again. You know, we read the news, watch the TV, and everything is war. Tragedy, murders, killings, beheadings. It's like we're in a fiery furnace and we can't get out. We can't get out. But by the grace of God and through our faith, just like the three young Hebrew boys that refused to bow down and worship the idol. They were in the fiery furnace. And there was a fourth man in there with them. These young boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a story to tell. And it was, take it from me, Meshach. the hour we will remember the day when we witnessed unbelievable favor when we were granted inconceivable grace the king said turn up the fire after we had said we'll never bow down what they saw when the flames grew higher will forever be the talk of the town so take it from me be our friend Shadrach and our friend Abednego. Take it from me, Meshach. My friend Shadrach and our friend Abednego. There's not a fiery furnace where the Lord Himself will not go. So take it from me, Meshach. My friend Shadrach and our friend Abednego. There's no one to bear the load Forsaken in the furnace of trouble You're wondering where is the Lord Friends, if you would come to see us You would be completely amazed When that fourth man stood in between us We never felt the heat of the flame So take it from me, Meshach my friend Shadrach and our friend Abednego. Take it from me, Meshach. My 
our friend Shadrach and our friend Abednego. There's not a fiery furnace where the Lord Himself will not go. So take it from me, Meshach, my friend Shadrach, and our friend Abednego. Take it from me, Meshach, yeah. my friend Shadrach, and our friend Abednego. Yeah, take it from me, Meshach, my friend Shadrach, and our friend Abednego. There's not a fiery furnace where the Lord Himself will not go. So take it from me, Meshach, my friend Shadrach, and our friend Abednego. So take it from me, Meshach, my friend Shadrach, and our friend Abednego. Abednego. Shadrach, Bishak, and my friend, Abednego. Abednego. I never could say it right, always growing up. What a testimony that is, though. How many of you have found that the Lord has been there in your most fiery moments? When you have found the, the furnace of affliction has been yours, God has shown up. There's no place, I like what they say there, where they say, there's no place, there's no fiery furnace, he won't go. Can you say Amen. Stand with me tonight. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. Good to see our visitors back here with us, with the Ray family. We appreciate you all coming and being with us at Stratford Heights tonight. We appreciate the men of valor singing for us tonight. Would you give it up for these gentlemen? And of course, it never should go unsaid that we appreciate our regular folks who work hard and are here with us every service we love them and as they lead us into worship would you help me for just a moment i want you to just take the hand of somebody standing beside you i want us to pray it's good to see sister lee here tonight and her son we love you so much you're part of us so when you're here you're not visiting you're just home so we love you very much we understand pastor lee is preaching this evening so we pray for him but as you're holding a hand of somebody would you just look at him and just say I'm gonna pray for you right now father we come before you and we pray for one another Lord we just pray that your work will be accomplished and done in the lives of your people that they will sense and feel your presence that Lord I pray for the peace of God the joy of the Lord I pray for God all stress and anxiety from the week. God, as they get ready to go into another week, I just pray they go in, Lord, just feeling the strength of God, the power of God at work. I pray you'll make opportunities for ministry. You'll protect them and keep them from all harm. That your word will go forth in power in their lives to accomplish much. We pray it tonight in the name of Jesus. We believe, Lord, and we have great faith in our God who is able. I thank you for healing in the house tonight. Those that need your strength and need your touch, pray in the name of Jesus that you would just perform miracles one after the other in this very house as we never fail, Lord, to give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for it all. For we come tonight gathered in your name to give you glory and to give you honor and to give you praise. We've come now, Lord, to look into your word. We pray that your word will challenge us. 
will touch us fresh and brand new that lord will leave this place saying it has been good to have been in the house of the lord as we love you and we honor you tonight in jesus wonderful name we pray amen amen now would you put your hands together and give the lord the best praise i mean the best praise of the night amen 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 if you have your bibles turn with me to psalm 63 and i want to announce i want to make mention of this sister sue early mentioned to me she's we've been praying for her for a long time she's been going through a, a battle with cancer many of you may not have known that but she is as she has come through that and we've been praying for her and there have been testimonies all along the way she came in tonight with a smile on her face and said the doctor gave her the all clear she is cancer-free tonight, so we praise God with you, Sister Early. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been in that wilderness place or that desert place, or ever felt like, you know, even in the middle of when everything else seemed to be going right with everybody else, but you were in a desert place. You hear and you read scriptures about the wilderness you read about, you know, these gentlemen sang the song about the, the three Hebrew children. You know, they'd went through a season of, of, of turmoil and confusion and trouble. And, and yet it was, ended up, their trial became one of the greatest testimonies of their lives. We really don't know very much about them except that they came through the fiery furnace. And boy, did they ever. Thousands of years later, we're still talking about that afternoon. I want God to talk about your afternoon. I want God to talk about your life. I want there to be something significant take place in the spiritual realm for you. Now when you leave here tonight, I have a burden on my heart. I, I feel like you haven't come here by accident. You've not come here just to go through the motions and go a couple of songs and a little prayer and, and go home. I'm feeling like the Lord wants to speak to you tonight before you leave here. So I want you to prepare your heart and your mind for God's Word. As we turn to Psalm 63, I want you to read about David. I want you to read words that David penned when he was in the desert place. David was in the desert place. Now, I don't know if the doctors told you the, the bad news, the good news, the, if your job is falling through and you don't feel like it's all running like it ought to or the kids are running wild like Banshee Indians and you don't know what's up or down. I don't know if you're stressed out, the neighbor has been picking your flowers. I don't know what's been happening. But I know that God has a word for someone tonight. We can look at the story of David. We can see David, chosen David, anointed David called David and yet he's found himself in the desert place two very specific times we know in his life there may have been other times and he went through trials and troubles but two very specific times in his life he found himself in the wilderness now I want you to know if you're called tonight and you find yourself going through heartache and trouble and wilderness time desert time when you don't feel like you got any satisfaction fulfillment on the inside you're thirsty tonight and you just can't seem to find fulfillment i'm here to tell you god has an answer for you god has a word for you and others before you have been right where you are and they were no less called than neither of you 
Man, I feel the Holy Ghost just that. There are no big eyes or little U's in God's calling. He calls the, the least of us all. Because really, it isn't about, well, yeah, I'm just as big as they are. No, it's really, we're all just as low as everybody else. We're all just as little as everybody else. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody got rights on anything except mercy and grace. Man, I feel the Lord here. Psalm 63, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness, the desert of Judah. Oh God, you are my God. Man, I'm already ready to preach right there. Just stop. <laughs> oh God, you are my God. Early or earnestly, with all my heart and mind and body and soul, will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh even longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I have no relief. I find no comfort, he says. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Now, remember where he is. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it, even if it's my own flesh and blood son, shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Boy, he was writing him a song, wasn't he? He was writing him a song. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Now challenge us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. I love the fact that with every new experience that David ever had in his life, David, I can really kind of uh, parallel my own thoughts and my own personality with David. When I get to heaven, I want to look him up and just see if he really was kind of a personality like me. Because I am the kind of guy that I, I collect things. I, I write things. I, I'm always singing a song about what I'm going through. Or Kyle, I, I thought of you when I was reading this because when Kyle was a very young man, he was uh, touched by God in part of a revival. We had, I can even remember when it was, 1997 is when Oasis was born. And I remember Kyle came to me one night and he handed me a piece of paper and I said, what's this? And he said, this is the Psalm of Kyle. And boy, he wrote it out and it was beautiful. I challenged, not from his writing, I challenged the whole youth group. And I ended up with a whole notebook full of psalms written by the young people. Started off with the very first one, the psalm of Kyle. He talked about the love of God and the power of God that had been in his life and how he trusted in him and that God loved him. David was the same way. David had to find an expression of all the experiences that he'd ever had. 
He's somebody that wanted to find ways to either write a song or play a harp or write words. You know, he, he just somebody that had to, he had to memorialize what he had been through. He wanted to remember it. He was kind of a sentimental guy, and, and I tend to be that way. I, people have called me. My family has said that I'm a hoarder because if I, if I have a special experience with something, I, I start collecting it that day. I have lots of collections. If something's real precious and means a lot to me, I just start collecting it. I, I picked up a leather bookmark in France when I was visiting with the young people who were on a mission trip. And I picked up this leather bookmark and I fell in love with the, the, the store and I fell in love with the, the bookmark and I had a really good day. The weather was perfect and it was an awesome day. I was taking pictures of the Eiffel Tower in Paris and I was just like, this bookmark reminds me of Paris and now I have a hundred. Leather bookmarks. Had an experience in the Notre Dame Cathedral that many of you have heard before and I've shared with you about the reverence that God taught me and he spoke to me very specifically inside the Notre Dame Cathedral and the hunchback was nowhere to be found. But I had an encounter, an experience with God that I will never forget. Now you can come to my house and in a chapel I have upstairs, you will see I have probably 25 or 30 Notre Dame models that I have collected. I fell in love with them, so I collect them. I tend to be somebody who memorializes and I collect things based on my experiences. And it's not good for me to have a good time somewhere because then I collect it. But we should all find opportunities to remember and to appreciate what God does in our lives and when he gives us those special moments and times. We, we want to be personal with God. David was personal with God. You can see here, he, he's really running for his life. He's been betrayed by his, own, by his son, his own flesh and blood. He, he's feeling you know, as low as he could possibly be, but what a relationship he has with God. We have to get to that place where we have a relationship with the Lord that supersedes any circumstance that we'll ever find ourselves in in this life. There's something amazing about people that genuinely have a relationship with the Lord that literally, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter, like Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. It doesn't matter what happens in their lives. You know, I don't want to pick on her, but I always do. Audrey... You know, all my life, clear back to when I was a teenager, this lady has spoke to my life. She's been an influence over me. I love her. I love you. And I honor you. And I know you love me too. You're always so supportive and encouraging to me. And every single Pastor Appreciation Day, she gets me a Speedway gas card. It's a tradition. And she gets one. For, she always gets me one. And she does that because I was literally stranded in in uh, an ice storm in Columbus, and I didn't know what to do, and, and I, I didn't have a dollar, I didn't have a quarter, I was searching, ripping my car apart, I ran out of gas on the highway, or I was, I'm sorry, I didn't run out of gas, I was right at the end of gas, it had like five miles left on my thing, and I'm in Columbus, I still got an hour and a half to drive, and I am freaking out, I have no money, my, my uh, wallet, was not in my car, and I had, so I had no, nothing there, and I am like, I am 
lost. I'm in Columbus. It's an ice storm. This is horrible. I can't buy a hotel. I can't buy any gas. I'm stuck. I'm on this wilderness road, and there is no hope for me tonight. I called. I had a, that was when we had the big cell phones. I called the big, on the big cell phone and got a hold of somebody, and they said, well, we can come get you. And I'm like, well, that'll be two hours away. I'll die by then. I went through my glove compartment box, and there in the corner was a Speedway gas card given to me by Audrey Purdom. <laughs> I saw that thing, and I came unglued. I had church in that car, and I thought that she was right up there next to the Mother Mary. I mean, she was it. I told her that story, and ever since, that woman has given me a Speedway gas card, ever since. And I look forward to those Speedway cards, and I use them too. But I keep one in my car at all times. But I watched her. I wasn't there when you lost your first husband, who fathered your three amazing children that you're so proud of, that gave you a wonderful grandson that you adore. But I was there when Vernon the love of your life. You dated him for nine years, I think. And you fell in love with him and you all were the happiest, most beautiful little couple and you just served God together and you were so beautiful. Loved watching you guys. You were an example to people. And then the word came that he had cancer. And I watched her as all through that journey she cared for him and loved on him and pampered on him and never let him feel sorry for himself neither. Because if you know Audrey, she just ain't going to do that. I mean, this is the lady that I went to Europe in uh, 2001, several months after the big terrorist attack on 9-11. And I went up to Audrey, who was my giant in the Lord. And I said, Audrey, I said, you got to pray for me. I'm going to get on an airplane tomorrow and go all the way across the ocean, leaving from the New York airport where all that happened. And I'm really a nervous wreck. And she said, hey, kid. She said, they can only kill you once. And you know what? I said, thank you. <laughs> and I walked away comforted. It'll only last 30 seconds. It can't last very long, and it can only happen once. I can't repeat it again. So I thought, well, that's, hey, that brings me peace and comfort. She isn't the one. She isn't one that she'll tell you to get over it before she'll pat you on the back and, you know, and, you know pamper you. She'll tell you the truth. But I'll never forget the night that Vernon passed away and I happened to be close by and it was there. And I just remember and I, I never forgot it. It touched my life and my heart in a way because here she was right by his side. They were reading scriptures and they were singing and it was a beautiful little setting and everybody was there and Vernon passed away. And Audrey stepped back and she lifted up her hands. She said, Praise the Lord. And I was like, what? What? Are you kidding me? She said, praise the Lord. Tears were definitely coming down her cheeks. She didn't want to see the love of her life go on to heaven ahead of her, but she had such a faith and a confidence and an assurance in her Savior, in her Lord, that in that moment, 
His will be done. And she knows to this hour she'll see him again. But that kind of confidence and that kind of faith in God, that no matter what happens, you're not, you don't get up every day and, and, and move based on your circumstance or based on what's going to happen or is it going to be a good day or a bad day. You know it's a good day, for this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That confidence and that faith, I've admired that all my life. And I love that woman. She's not only kind and nice and a servant in every other way, but she is a woman of faith. And I want to have, in my own life as pastor, I want to have that kind of faith in me. I've been taught that by my own family and my own mom, who was a woman just like that. And she loved the Lord no matter what came down the path for her. She stood her ground in faith no matter what she was feeling or whatever she was thinking or going through. The doctor could give her the worst news and she'd hold on with her faith and talk about how God was going to come through and get the glory out of this. These kinds of people are giants to me. David was like this. Here David is betrayed by his own boy. He's living in this fear, running for his life, and yet he's, he's not really afraid. He's just, he's running, and he's in the wilderness. He's in a, a place where he should be afraid. He's in a place where he should want to hide. He should want to hang out. He should feel sorry for himself. He should let others comfort him and tell him, hey, you got a right to be upset at God. you got a right to be bitter. you got a right to be upset and unforgiving. you got a right to be angry. you got a right. But he didn't. Here he is. He's writing out a beautiful song and singing it to the Lord. Early will I seek you, my God. My God. I love, we know exactly where this was in Scripture and what he was talking about. As I said, there were about two different times when David was in the desert place, in the wilderness place. One was when he was running for his life and hid in the cave with Saul, the king. Or when he was king and he was running because his son had betrayed him and the armies had turned against him and he knew it wasn't his time. He still had, he still had some things to do. And so he was more or less running for his position, his calling, than he more, were, more was his life. But we know in verse 11 it says, but the king shall rejoice in God. So he wasn't king in the first time around, so he was only king in the second time around. So this had to have been, Brother Warren, when Absalom had, had betrayed him, turned his back on him. Seems pretty clear. And it says he was in a desert place, in a dry and a weary land, a parched and thirsty land. He says where there is no water. He's telling us, I can't get no comfort. I can't get any rest. I can't get any satisfaction or fulfillment. I'm, I'm dying on the vine here physically. I'm going through it emotionally. I'm going through it spiritually. He's not saying I'm one of these people. You know, you heard that joke years ago about the charismatic who found himself in hell. You know, and he was walking around saying, I am not here. I do not claim this. This is not for real. You know, 
he's not that guy. He's not in la-la land, not realizing where he's at. He's in a dry. He says, I'm in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. I'm in a bad place. I'm in a wilderness. I'm in a desert. And we've all been there at times. Sister Audrey has been there. She wasn't living in a cloud somewhere and not in touch with reality. Her reality was right in front of her. So was David's and mine has been and yours has been in our lives at different times. We've had that sense of, man, this is tough. This is some tough stuff. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. Do you really believe or do you not believe? What do you got? What are you made of? This is where we, uh, God allows us at times to go through some of the troubles and the trials of this present age. Because number one, this is not heaven. This is not the glory promised land. This is not, he doesn't want us to get too used to being here. But number two, because he wants us to always remember our complete and utter dependence on him. To not get comfortable with this life and not allow it to become the thing that satisfies our spirit and our soul. But what I love about this psalm is it's obvious that it's going to take a whole lot more than Absalom's betrayal. And all the men's, the army's betrayal. It's going to take more than that to, to, to cause this guy to get down. He's not going to allow anything to touch him. Oh, I want to challenge you tonight. Don't let anything get you down. Don't let things, don't become a circumstantial Christian. Don't become one of those people that everything's based on what you're going through today. Don't let that happen in your life. Be the type of person that, that solidifies your faith. Get alone in your prayer closet. Get alone there where you can get in the presence of the Lord because that's where it happens, you know. That's where it is. It's not in the videotapes. It's not in the ministries. It's not in traveling across the country to find, you know, a certain speaker or to watch TBN. All those things are wonderful and they're good and I love to do them. But that's not where my answer is. The times when I have found that I have been strengthened with might in the inner man has been when I've been alone in my house, kneeling right by a couch somewhere with my hands upstretched and the window wide open and I'm staring straight out into the heavens there. That's when I found peace that surpasses all understanding and joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. That's when I found the answers to my heart into my life. That's when I found fulfillment. I didn't have to have a phone call. I didn't have to have a conversation. I didn't need anybody to counsel me. I literally found my deepest, most wonderful times and experiences learning God on my knees. That's where I've grown in my spiritual life. I love to read his word. I, lo I love counselors. They're good people. I, sometimes I've talked to Cindy before, and I've drug her into a room and had her sit down with me, and I've had to unload, and she had to unpack, and all that stuff they talk about. She had to help me out. I'm not, you understand, I'm not saying these things are not good. They're wonderful. But I'm telling you, we've got to solidify our relationship with Christ solidify that relationship with God so that he can use all of these wonderful things, a song that they sing or, or, or a, a teacher in a class or a book that you've read or a ministry that you've traveled to see. Those are good things. And they, they add to what you already know. What I found is those things, I'll read a, I'll read a book or I'll pick up and hear a sermon or, or I'll hear a song and, and it'll be something that confirms to me what God has already put down in my spirit. And then I'm shouting for joy because I've already been in that secret place. He that shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty 
That's the one that finds perfect peace. Paul was like this. He speaks of it too. He was in the club, Audrey, with you and David. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verses 8 and 9, he says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. I'm cast down, yes. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. What he's saying is, man, yes, I've been knocked down. I have been knocked out. I've been put off. I've been cast down. I'm perplexed. I'm distressed. I got all these things, but I am not knocked out. I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Every time, I love it, somebody said this morning to me, and I forget who it was, but they said, Pastor, yeah, I feel like I've been knocked down, but you know what? I just get right back up. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. The enemy will come trying to knock you down, and he will do it if he can. He'll, he'll succeed if he can get away with it. But the thing is, what you do is you shake yourself. What's the difference between you and I and the world and those who call themselves failures at Christianity, those who can't live it? I've often said, one guy said, how, how do I get like you? He said, how do I? I can't do what you do. I can't live like you do. He said, you just got this special thing. And I said, no, I don't. I said, you know what I got? I said, I got a determination that every time I get knocked down, I get right back up. And I look to the one, the author, the finisher of my faith. I keep my eyes on Jesus because that's where my joy comes from. I don't get it from a preacher. I don't get it from a church. I don't get it from any human being anywhere. They don't make me or break me. They don't confirm me or affirm me. Where I get my confirmation is in my spirit from the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. When I get that down in me, when I feel him and he is assuring me I'm all right, that's all I need. Anything you got to say is beans, except when it's a Speedway gas card. I really enjoy it. We love one another and we take care of one another. And those words are kind and good and encouraging. I was encouraged tonight by Brother Warren when I walked in. He just blessed my heart and I appreciated those words. We need one another. I preached that this morning. We need one another. But what you need most of all is that intimacy with Jesus, that intimate relationship. I loved another place where he, where he said, well, let me say this first. He said, I'm in this dry and this weary land. Paul's in this club. He says, I'm in this dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I need a touch from God. He had desire. How do you know? Because look at what he said when he said, my God. David was making it so personal, wasn't he? My God. The God word that he uses there in the original text is Elohim, which means he is the creator, the powerful creator of the universe. So he wasn't saying, oh, you know, Adonai, daddy, he was saying, Elohim, creator, most powerful, awesome master of the universe, my master, my creator. Oh, boy, isn't that good? David was saying, he's my God. And oh, that's what you need. You, you got to have that understanding that he's your God. He said it again in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Boy, you get in that place right there, young people, and I'm telling you, that'll set you free. 
That'll help you get through the trials and the troubles and all the temptations that are out there pulling at you left and right. That's what'll help you, husband. That's what'll help you, wife. That's what'll help you, you know, child of God, when you're getting and going through the troubles and the trials of this life. Don't let going to work get you down and don't let it be something that tempts you to be somebody you're not. You're a child of God, a royal priesthood, chosen generation of the Lord. You don't walk in there acting like you're part of the world. You have been separated out from them. You're a child of the king and not that you're anything special, but, but you are specially loved and chosen. The Lord is my shepherd. We know that Jesus is the savior I'm asking you, do you know that he's your savior? He's your creator. He's your, if you know that, then you're all right. But no, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't care what you're going through. I do care, but I don't care. In other words, what I'm getting at is it doesn't matter how big the mountain is or how low the valley is, the blood. <laughs> It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. It's power to deliver me. It's power to comfort me. It's power to lift me up when I have fallen down. It's power to pick me up when I've been knocked down. It's power to restore me and to lead me by the still waters. That powerful, awesome, mighty shepherd, that God, he's my God. He's not the God, he's my God. And that's what's awesome. He's the God to many people. Or he's no God to many people. I'm going to tell you right now, he's my God. And because he's my God, I can go through the waters and they'll not overflood me. I can go through the fire and I will not be burned. Neither will the flame kindle upon me. For as he was with Moses, so shall he be with me. Joshua took those words as comfort and I take them 2015 for my comfort. He's with me. He's with you. If you belong to him, you have confidence. Stand up. Shake yourself. And don't let the enemy get an advantage over you. For we know his lies, his devices, and his schemes against you. Like a thief, he comes tiptoeing in the back door of your faith house. And he wants to tear down every strong platform you've got standing on. He wants to make sure you doubt and you are discouraged. The song they're singing about doubting Thomas. I'm telling you, that was one of... That was the thing. Ta Thomas had that one area in his life he had to get victory over. And finally, the Lord really brought it home for him. But you and I have got to understand and see that can be a detriment to our faith. We've got to get into the place where we absolutely say, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. He, what is it? I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. You didn't want this to be a music class tonight. 
that he lives. He lives. Did you hear me tonight? He lives. He's not dead. He's alive. He's real. He's on the throne. He's the God of tomorrow morning. He's the God of last night. He's the God of the weeping in your night and the joy that comes in the morning. He is the peace and the lover of your soul. He's the prince. He is the powerful bread of heaven. He is your strength. He is all that you need. He's God. He's my God. He's your God. I'm telling you, if you'll get that and you'll understand it, your desire will take over and you won't look at the things of this world in the same light anymore. You won't look at the trials and the troubles. They come in tomorrow and tell you you lost your job. You will smile and say, when he closes one door, he opens up another one. I know my Redeemer lives, Job, who had lost everything. He had, couldn't have, didn't have anything left. His own wife even turned her back on him and walked away from him. And here he sat with his children all dead, his animals all gone, his farms destroyed. He didn't have nothing but boils sitting in sackcloth. And here he sat and he said, I know my Redeemer lives. And I will see him though the skin on my body is destroyed. Though everything comes against me and tears me down and there's nothing left on this old flesh, I will see the Lord. I will see him. And though he slay me, yet, he said, will I serve him. That's the kind of faith that'll move a mountain. We got such wishy-washy Christians these days. Lord, move that mountain. Somebody said, every time I talk about somebody like that, I get hillbilly. I don't, it's just my Tennessee roots in me. I don't mean it. I'm not making fun. My grandma would rise up out of her grave at Pleasant Hill. And she'd come up here and, and whoop me good. I'll never forget the time. It, or in the early morning, she's listening to W-O-N-E in the radio. And I came out and I said, Grandma, can I turn that channel? She said, Lord, No. She said, you are to appreciate your roots. She said, you're a Tennessee boy, and you're going to be one the rest of your life, so you better like country music. <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am. So then I liked Taylor Swift. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Got an amen over there. Well, that old side over here just came alive right there. When the woman came to Jacob's well and Jesus was talking with her, he said, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. The world's water, the world's ways, the world's ways. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst. Jesus was talking about that he has the solution for the deep thirst of the heart the deep thirst of our hearts can I just tell you you're in the right place you you have placed yourself in the path of power you have placed yourself in the path of promise you have placed yourself right smack dab in the middle of God being able to do something amazing for you you came all the way out here on a Sunday night. I mean, there's hardly any churches that will run a Sunday night service anymore. We're about an instinct breed right here. 
But I'll tell you something. You've come out here tonight to be here, and God's going to send you home with a bunch of stuff in your backpack, and he's going to fill up your pockets, and he's going to let you know you came out here to receive from him, and he filled you with his water, and you'll not thirst again. You'll not have the problems again because God is going to bring you out, going to bring you up. He's going to set you on a high place, and you're going to be over, over, the circumstances of your life. You're going to look over them and you're going to look at them as nothing because in the sight and in the power of your God, you know that they cannot defeat you. They cannot have you. They cannot discourage you. They'll not knock you out. You've got to stay faithful to God. Don't get weak and weary. Don't get to the place where you get wishy-washy and you're in one minute and out the next. Don't get to that spot. Get in your prayer closet. Get alone in his presence. That is the place. One of my favorite songs of all time is the choir song, Breathe on Me. That song right there, I first heard it at the General Assembly, and I, you almost had to call 911 for me because it about raptured me right out of my body. I heard that song, and I came alive. I've probably listened to it 250 times since last August. And I love that song. And for Pastor Appreciation Sunday, they started off with that. I was in heaven. I almost took a run. I was so excited. That's one of my favorite songs. You can sing it every week if you want to. That song says, breathe on me. In the very beginning of creation, when he formed man out of the clay of the earth, the only thing missing after he formed and fashioned him as a man and had him laying there in the dirt was God breathed on him the breath of life. And when he breathed on him, he became a living being. He wasn't the same as he was before. You were just a piece of clay. You were just a little clay dirt before God got a hold of you. But he breathed new life over your spirit and over your soul. You're not part of this world. You don't belong to this world. You belong to the Father. You belong to the Son. You are part of the ransomed, redeemed children of the Most High God. You don't live like the world. You don't walk like them, talk like them, live like them, think like them, act like them. You come out and you be a child of of God and you let him be your strength. Let him be your muscle and your, your power. Let him be in your life the victory and the deliverance that he has given to you through his son. It is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, Paul said in Galatians, he said, the life I now live, I live by faith in the one who gave his life for me. I'm telling you, we are called to more. We're called to more. Now, I'm not, I'm I'm trying to tell you this is what you are, who you are, when you come into relationship with Christ. You become a new creature. Old things passed away. All things are new. You become a child of God. So when you start looking and acting and talking and living like the world, something has went terribly wrong. Something has went terribly wrong. And can I just say this? It's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is on the throne, hadn't left it. 
He hadn't left nothing. He is not in any way shaken by the news. He saw the debate the other night. He did not bite his fingernails and get all nervous about who he's going to pick for the president. He doesn't worry himself with those things. He orders the steps of the righteous, and they will be blessed going in, and they'll be blessed coming out because that's God's word. So we just pray for the leaders to get right. Pray for them to get right so that they can be used correctly. If not, God will just use a donkey. And that doesn't mean a Democrat. <laughs> if you're a Democrat, God bless you. I'm not making fun. It's just a donkey. You get it. You know what I'm saying. A donkey. All right. Somebody say, move on, Pastor. Move on. He says, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. You see, his body and soul, everything about who he is, his circumstances, his life, even though he's dealing with this horrible truth about his son Absalom, he is literally saying, Lord, my soul thirsts for you, my God. My body longs for you. I long to be in your house. I long to be and to see your glory. He said, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. He was remembering back to when he was in the palace and when he was in the temple. Here he is in the wilderness, in the desert. He had not got a, a, any kind of refreshment whatsoever on his parched tongue. He's thinking about the palace. He's thinking about the sanctuary. It isn't like he was thinking about all the food and all the drink and all the, the, the lavish furniture and all the things he wanted. He said, to see thy power. And like, what did he miss the most about Jerusalem? He missed the sanctuary of the Lord. That's awesome. That's amazing. Something about experiencing God's power that changes your desires and your wants in this life. You can't wait to get to church. I remember when I first got saved, I, 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 I'm so busy these days and I stay so active that I, it doesn't really, uh, I, I don't have time to do it. But I'll tell you, when I first got saved, Cindy, I used to love it, man. I was so madly in love with the presence of God. I used to love, if a choir was singing somewhere, I was in the car. If there was a revival across town, I was in the car. If Princeton Pike was having a two-week revival, I was there all two weeks every night. And then we'd start it up at Middletown, and I'd be there another two weeks. I used to do four-week revivals with Perry Stone, Jensen Franklin, when they would come around our church. It was unbelievable, the things that I used to, I used to live for those revivals. I'd go see Sister Lou Witt. She'd be preaching at a church, an independent church over in Springboro or over in Franklin. I'd go over there, and I'd be in revival. I used to love finding revivals anywhere I could find one. I'd, want, I'd want go in there, and I'd sit on the back row. Wasn't interested in anybody seeing me, knowing me. I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to sit in that in that sanctuary and let the power of God speak to my life. That's what grew me. That's what, what, that's what made me who I am tonight. I wanted nothing more. And tonight, I'm reminded as I'm preaching this very message, what I want more than anything else is to get out of church tonight because I want to go home and get in my closet and I want to turn on my breathe on me music and I want to lift up my hands and spend time with the Lord. I love his presence. When you get in his presence and it begins to consume you i'm telling you there ain't a problem there ain't a trial there ain't a trouble in this world that matters all that matters is that he is pleased with me and that i am able to be in his presence when i've got him i don't need nothing else i need nothing else and neither do you but oh he blesses us doesn't he 
He blesses us with good things. He blesses us with good jobs and good family and good friends and, and good Applebee's and good Olive Garden. He blesses us with those things. David is aware, and he's got such devotion to God. He says, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will li-. He said, while I live. In other words, I may die any minute now. Absalom may find me, but if he does... He did just exactly what you did. He said, praise the Lord. They can only kill you once. (laughs) Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Have I not told you in my word that I will make streams in the desert? Have I not told you that I am your fortress, your refuge, your high tower? Look to me when the storms rage around you. I will be a covert of strength. Look to me when you are exasperated and you are discouraged and I will be Your victory, says the Lord. Know that I am a God of great power and there is no lack in my right hand. Know that I will lift you up and out and I will carry you. I will move you into a large place of deliverance if you will but trust in me. Look no longer to the things of this world. The beggarly elements of this world will not satisfy. You will find yourself desolate and alone and in a desert place. But if you will look to me, allow healing to rise up in my wings over your life, and you shall fly yet, says the Lord. Trust in me. Lean upon me and look now to my deliverance, for it is at hand, says God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God. If you're visiting with us tonight, we, we are a Spirit-filled church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church, and what you've heard is described in the New Testament as the gift of interpretation in tongues. It's a message directly from the Holy Spirit that corresponds and confirms the word of God tonight, David's word. That he is a God that will meet you right where you are. That he's a God that will touch you, strengthen you. I'm not telling you tonight that all your problems are going to go away when you leave this house. What I'm telling you is that you are going to be different. You're going to be stronger. You're going to walk out of here with strength and your wind in your sails. You're going to walk out of here with the joy of the Lord. And that'll be your strength. And you'll make it. I'm here to tell you tonight, you're going to make it. You trust in God's presence. You lean upon him. You don't allow yourself to get weak and beggarly. But you trust in God. You're going to make it. You're going to be delivered. I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what he's going to use. But I know you're going to be delivered because that's his promise. And he's not a God that can lie. His word is true. 
His word is truth. You can count on him tonight. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. He's not forsaken you. He's not left you alone. He's not left you in the desert place and in the wilderness place. Even when the children of Israel were there in disobedience, he fed them with manna. He took care of them. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes was good. He'll take care of you, but he's going to bring you out. Because God's promised a land flowing with milk and honey for all of his children. Trust in the Lord. Come to him tonight. Bring the heavy burdens. Let him take them from you. and Set you free like a bird out of prison. Would you come tonight? Would you just feel comfortable to come and find a place to pray? I think we've all got some things to pray about. I want you to come and just find a place. You can play, pray right there at your seat, however you feel. But let's turn this into an assembly of prayer for a few minutes here tonight. Would you come? In the presence. Thank you, Jesus. Of Jehovah. God Almighty, Prince of Peace, Troubles Vanish, Hearts In the presence of the King. In the presence
Forever. 
many of you believe that tonight? He'll never, ever, ever lose his power. Amen. Praise God. Do you believe it tonight? I said, do you believe it tonight? Amen. It's truth to stand on. It's truth to build on. It's truth to laugh on. Somebody needs joy in this house tonight. It's truth to laugh on. It's truth to bring comfort and sleep. Somebody in here needs to sleep tonight. It's truth that will help you sleep tonight. And I pronounce it done, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. While these continue to pray, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Pray for one another. Love one another. We'll see the young people on Tuesday night. Celebrate recovery on Monday night, Wednesday night, family life night here, Thursday night, Esperanza. Goodness gracious, we're going to be busy. God bless you this week. Pray for all your pastors and pray for one another. God bless you.